Play Fantasy Spaceball Show with D. Mindy. Little Cheesecake and Doc starts now. Welcome in, everybody. Welcome back to the Triple Play Fantasy Baseball Podcast, part of Fantasy Points and the Fantasy Points Media Group. You know I got the usual cool cats with me here, starting off, of course, with the guy who likes to move his rook to A4. That's Art Tornabeni, a.k.a. Lil Cheesecake, the LC. LC, how's it going? Hey, nice chess reference right there. Uh, thanks for that. Um, I'm, I am I will be putting on a new chess video soon, but tonight we're talking baseball. It's going great. How you guys doing tonight? Pretty good, pretty good. I, I know you're the chess guy here on the on the show, so I had to make sure that we shouted you out for that. Thank but you. But I'm also going to give a, a shout out here to someone who watches a lot of Joe Goldberg watching somebody else. And that's Doc, Eric Mendelson. What's going on? Wow, a you reference. Like I, you just come up with something new each week, David. I'll give you this. You're a creative cat. I do what I can. You know, it's uh sometimes it doesn't turn out very well, but uh you know, we do we do what we can do here. And then of course, the last member of the crew, the man who churns and burns baseball rankings while doing kickflips, it is Marty Tallman. How you doing? I'm doing good, man. Yeah, it's actually been two months off the board, but I'm hoping by with the the wrist healed up, I'm hoping by spring to literally hit the ground running. I, I hope, uh, I was going to say, I hope you retire because that would make me at least retire if I was skateboarding and I broke my wrist, but that's why you're tougher than me. Yeah. You, you never retire as a skateboarder. Cost of business. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right. right. Yep. Well, everybody that hears that voice, if you're an avid baseball fan, you know, the guest that's coming on here. We welcome in a man that's a fan of the plus model. There's ESPN plus Paramount plus, And of course the best of them all stuff plus a baseball analytics writer and podcaster at the athletic. This man has written for all the big dogs out there, ESPN, Fangraph, Fox, SB Nation, MLB.com, and others. The master of the spatchcock and has a legendary laugh, a love for beer and sandwiches, and lives baseball. You could say he lives, laughs, and loves. Ladies and gentlemen, (laughs) you think you get excited when you yell Uno in the legendary card game? Well, I get just as excited when I yell Eno with this legendary guest. We welcome in Eno Saris. How's it going, man? Well done. Well done. I think that's uh, that's probably one of the best intros I've ever gotten. <laughs> hey, man, I had to do it big for you, man. We, we're nice. very appreciative of your time and you being on the show. Now, again, unless people have been living under a rock, they know who Eno Saris is if they're tuning in. So I would like people maybe to know what's something about you that they don't know. Um, sex is my middle name. Uh, my middle name is, uh, comma after the Kama Sutra. Uh, so the weirdness doesn't stop with my first name. It, uh, it goes right on into my second name. Oh my God. That is hilarious. You know, so you obviously live and breathe baseball. We talk about obviously sandwiches and beer. Where did your love of all that stuff come into play? Uh, it's really kind of a lifestyle thing. I, when I lived in New York, uh, for eight or nine years and was a younger man with a younger liver, uh, <laughs> I was actually more into like sort of craft cocktails and like speakeasies and like, you know, like awesome mixed drinks and also just like a vodka tonic, like just, you know, get me going, you know? Um, and then, uh, you know, we came out here West and had kids and I was like, I can't be soused. I can't be drunk off of three vodka tonics, you know, while I'm trying to chase this two-year-old around. Uh, so a uh, beer just became like, uh, you know, a, a cool thing. I could taste a lot of different tastes. I could, I could be a connoisseur. I could try different breweries from all over the country. When I traveled, I could be like, what's good? You know, like take me to the coolest brewery around. Um, and it just fit my, it fit my speed. Uh, the sandwiches are, are because I work from home. 
honestly, uh, the, the thing that I do with sandwiches is I take leftovers uh, and then I take something that you wouldn't normally combine with those leftovers and I put them between two pieces of bread <laughs> you might not think of and then you get my weird sandwiches. So I uh, do a lot of work in cinnamon raisin. Uh, and uh, fried onions, you know, those like crispy fried onions. Yeah, yeah. Uh, throw a lot of those on. Sriracha, honey mustard. Uh, I have sandwiches with all three of those things. If that sounds gross, then uh, sorry, it's, that's my deal. Would you ever, I don't know if you saw the thing going around. There was like a, a pickles, I think, on top of like blueberry pie. Is that something you I ever would, listen, I would literally try anything once. I'll try any beer once. I'll try any <laughs> weird sandwich thing you got. If you fried something, you 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 crispy fried something with the Oreo and the you know the peanut butter, whatever it is, pickles. I don't care. I'll try it once. I'm just interested in like you know. A lot of times you you think things won't won't like combine well, and you're like, damn. Like the first time I ever had, uh, I don't know. There's like a fancy name for it. It's like the a French sandwich, but it's basically just a ham and cheese but with jelly in it. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh. Damn, this is really good. It's good. <laughs> it's really good. It's really good. So you know. Uh, uh, also, I grew up watching WWE with my uh, Polish, <clears throat> uh, like a caretaker, and uh, we would eat uh, uh, Swiss cheese and jelly sandwiches. So that's sort of sort of the beginnings of my my weird sandwiches. I've never heard of that combination, but it sounds like we're really missing out on it. Wait, so you know, you're the sandwich guy. Is a hot dog a sandwich? I don't care. <laughs> so, now I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to, I'm not clowning on you. Uh, I know it's out there. It's a thing that people talk about. I, 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 you know, like I go to sandwich places, they don't sell hot dogs. It doesn't mean they're not sandwiches, but like to me, like I, I, I don't really, I don't really put them in sandwiches. I don't know. Okay. That, that's just the answer I was looking for. That's yeah, the official I mean, ruling. A hot dog is not a sandwich. Eno Sarah says so. But no, but, but then if you get into semantics and you're like, what is a sandwich? It's usually like two pieces of carb with like a meat in between, which is kind of a hot dog. But like, you know, so yes, I, I can understand the side that says it's defined as a sandwich, but you don't go to a sandwich shop and get hot dogs. Usually. That, that's a good point. I, I mean, that's that says the argument right there. But we're going to talk plenty of sandwiches. We're going to talk plenty <laughs> of beer. And we're going to talk plenty of baseball. Because in tonight's episode, we have beers, BLTs, and baseball. So I don't know if you guys knew this. Pretty unique yeah. setup for a show. Yeah. I, I don't know how it's going to go, honestly. So it's <laughs> going to be a roller coaster. But uh, we know beer is one of the oldest and most widely consumed alcoholic drinks in the world. And it's actually the third most popular drink behind water and tea. I learned that when I was doing research for this episode. I don't know if you guys knew that, but... I pretty much only drink water and beer. <laughs> Nothing else? No coffee? I don't do caffeine. Okay. No, I, I need to get on that level. I'm then. addicted to enough substances. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we know that these are three of Eno's biggest loves in life. So if you talk about BLTs, well, that is the only one that fit the alliteration because it has to be no, alliteration. I, no, it's, it actually works for me. Like if I go to a sandwich shop and I don't know the quality of it and I don't know and I don't have like great stuff, like BLT is like, that's my standard order. Is it really? Yeah. Look at that. I'm, I, this connected like better the, than I thought. Of the would. sort of boring, like of, of the pantheon of boring sandwiches, BLTs. <laughs> They're great. You know, you got that tomato, you got the crispy bacon. And so good. I never got into the BLT. I don't know. Sure. I, it's, Give me a PB and J, or give me like a turkey sub, or I don't know. It's, oh, it's, a turkey uh, sub—that's pretty boring. Throw some bacon on it. What? <laughs> Make a it a turkey sub. club at least. <laughs> What's the difference between a turkey club and a turkey sub? Mostly bacon. 
Uh, I'm learning a some lot. People, some people put like like that extra layer of bread in between, but I'm not into that. I've heard that like on a Big Mac. I never heard that like on a turkey club or whatever. That like mm-hmm. it's interesting. I'm learning a lot about sandwiches. But yeah, we're going to take those three things that we're going to combine them in this episode. And we're starting off for us. We got to talk about beer and we're going to talk about the five characteristics that go into a craft beer and relate them to pitchers as we look ahead to 2022. And this is going to be a fun exercise. So again, let's see how this goes. We're going to start off with our first thing here. And the descriptions for each of these are courtesy of evergreenhq.com. So the first one we're going to start out with is origin. The only place to start on this list is where everything starts, the origin. The birthplace is one of the most defining characteristics of a craft beer. Since it was developed all over the world at roughly the same time, each country has its place of origin, different style, and means of of brewing their beers here. So there's obviously all the different styles, English, American, Belgian, German. But one thing that's very important in the origin is the hops. The hops is very important. You have the earthy hops. you got some in the sour beers, different types of hops, lagers. But hops can also, in baseball, mean ground balls. So, a very big stretch. For a bit of a stretch. <laughs> but no. Hey, here, here's, a, here's a, another way to do it. Hops, uh, the, 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 they are a little bit different where, you, where, where they're grown. And it's called terroir. And terroir is like, you know, what the ground tastes like, basically. is what it, you know. So, like, there are people who are like, oh, I, beer tastes different everywhere because the ground tastes different. They're getting local, locally sourced hops. So, you know, eh, hops, ground, eh, <laughs> it's, you know, it's, hops comes from the ground. I was actually going to relate all the stuff in a different way. And then when I was like, I have to have hops in there, like it, it actually, <laughs> I was like, there has to be some connecting between the two. Um, but my question to you, you know, is which hoppy pitcher, so we'll say ground ball pitcher, do you think is going most under the radar and not brought up enough in fantasy baseball? Well, if it's starting pitcher, it's Fromber, Fromber Valdez, because he's, he's, he just put up the biggest ground ball season ever since we tracked it by a starting pitcher. Uh, but, uh, my answer for this is actually Tyler Rogers, um, mm. because he does not have the strikeout rate or the velo of a, of a closer. He may not close all year, but I think he's pretty much a lock for like a, a, a like a two-ish ERA. Uh, with like 10 saves and, you know, a few wins and holds if your league has that. And he's the kind of pitcher that is really cheap. Um, and because he, you know, because people don't think he's actually going to be the closer, especially he'll be even better if like they trade for Kimbrel or something, but mm-hmm. he will be the kind of guy that you can just plug in. Uh, and you'll find that he has positive va- fantasy value at the end of the year. I mean, yeah, an ERA of barely over two on the year, expected ERA still very good. Walk percentage elite. I mean, mm-hmm. just looking across the board, he is a very elite reliever as far as when you look at kind of in the data. And you're right, he kind of just goes under the radar because everybody's focusing on the next big thing. And he's not a flashy type of pitcher yeah. with that ground ball profile. So I think that's a, a great hoppy pitcher. Outside chance, they just make him the closer all year. But even if they don't, I think he has value. It's a little bit like a, a Chad Green. He doesn't have the, the ground ball rate. Yes. Like a Chad Green in New York, like, you know, people don't want to roster him because he's not the closer, but he'll give you like seven wins, you know, five saves and like an awesome ratio. So do you think I know this is kind of off topic a little bit, but Camilia Duvall kind of just burst on the scene and everybody was kind of like, like he oh. could end up he could end up closing. But, you know, one of the things that the most advanced teams know is that the the team, the, the game is usually uh, decided in sort of the sixth or the seventh. Mm-hmm. And so um, you'll see a lot of teams have at least two really good, three really good. You know, they're trying to have two, three really good relievers. And uh, sometimes it's the hot 
like, you know, in my stuff metric, for example, Jake Cousins is actually the number one reliever in baseball by stuff. And uh, Devin Williams is like not far behind him. So what happens is as Josh Hader falls off and becomes more expensive and gets older, and I'm not saying he's terrible. I'm just saying that like my 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 numbers say that like Cousins and, and Williams are better. Um, well, that's fine. You keep Cousins and, and Williams uh, cheaper by by pitching in the seventh and eighth, uh, and they help you win ball games. Yeah, I mean it's interesting that you can kind of with your metric you can kind of see guys that might be kind of rising up from the woodworks guys that aren't talked about in closer roles but then when someone goes down they're kind of stepping in there and they're using that nasty stuff that you again that you have in your data there and it's really elevating them to elite levels so it's really good yeah let me Uh, see i've got this open doval is definitely like that but uh you know top stuff guys that aren't necessarily considered closers by everybody uh include like andrew kittredge uh, also, mm-hmm. not like a huge Avilo guy, but uh, uh, he's up there. Um, let me see who else. Oh, Kniebel, who just signed, might end up being the closer, but uh, Stuff Plus really loves him. Um, and uh, let me see who else. Uh, Daniel Hudson. You know, who knows what they do with the to. Dodgers? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Doc, I'd like to hear from you. It's You've been quiet, so I make sure you're alive over there. Who fit this category for you? So for me, it's Adam Wainwright. And we mentioned him on, you know, if, if pitchers are going to fall off. And last year's ground ball percentage was 47.5, which was 13th among qualified pitchers. It's about 45% for his career. He just went 17-7 and seven with a 3.05 ERA, um, a career low in home runs per nine. His last four years, ages 36 to 39, his ERA hasn't been above 4.5. Is it going to be in the threes again? Maybe, maybe not. He's very good at locating his pitches. And then I look at the division he's pitching in. The Reds are selling. It looks like they're not going to bring Castellanos back. The Brewers, as we've seen, have gotten to the postseason based on their elite pitching, both starting and relief. But hitting is really their Achilles heel. The Cubs are going through a rebuild. They're not bringing back Wilson Contreras after likely signing for Jan Gomes. And the Pirates are a bad team also. So he's somebody that I got last year in the 28th round of the NFBC uh, TGFBI draft. So uh, maybe he'll go a little bit higher. But I think, once again, not a sexy name, but somebody that is at least a solid starting three or pitcher. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think yeah. that's a good call. Yeah, Elite like, curveball. Yeah, he loves that. That curveball is, I mean, what's keeping him relevant right now. It's, it's one of the best, better pitches in the game. And uh, if you speaking of the Cubs, it was reported, I guess, recently as we were going on air that Mark Stroman is now a Chicago Cub. So that's a very interesting place that he chose there. Um, all right. Let's go to the next category here as we go down the list. And we're talking. That's a ground ball rate, actually. What is? There's a good ground ball rate, Stroman. Yeah, uh, that ties in perfectly. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, and, and, you know, I, I did the, a little piece on The Athletic recently where uh, uh, Stroman, I think, might age better uh, than Gossman and Ray because he's got more pitches. Uh, he's got fewer pitches. He's got fewer pitches thrown, uh, in his career. And then also, uh, ground ball pitchers, some evidence that they age better. So, and, and then was, generally pitchers are aging better. So I love, I love that call by Wayne about Rainwright because it's, uh, uh, you know, the older pitchers, you know, in drafts, people don't seem to like them, but they, they do really well. And David says, you can make fun of my takes. And he does the opposite, David. <laughs> <laughs> also, we have a, a Chris Flexen comes in mind for me. It's a, it's a good poll there with Chris Flexen. All right. Let's talk about age now. And other is known as vintage. This is determined by the year the beer was produced. Although 90% of craft beer should be enjoyed fresh, 
there are some styles that do better with age. These are known as barrel aged beers. And this was like a, this was putting it on a tee for me. And I'm like, all right, this, this one, thank goodness. So using the barrel aged reference here, my question to you, you know, first is which pitcher sustained a big positive difference in barrel rate that you think sustains it into this next year? They've got a handy uh, chart on Fangraphs where you can actually just, uh, you just pull up one, there's this one leaderboard where you can see year over year changes and just sort it really easily. Uh, so on that one, uh, Alex Cobb was first, uh, in changes, uh, in, in barrel rate change. And then Lance McCullers was second. Uh, and I'm going to bet on Lance McCullers holding on to it for two reasons. One was he kind of got back to the barrel rate that he had before, mm-hmm. uh, earlier in his career. And two, uh, he has a wicked new slider. Uh, and I love that new slider. And I think between the new slider and the curveball, we have a chance to have his best season yet. Uh, it just needs to be kind of the health come together with the, with the slider, uh, which is, you know, always makes him riskier than a lot of other pitchers. But in terms of, you know, keeping that new barrel rate, Lance McCullers is my guy. So when you draft and when drafts come around for you, when you see Lance McCullers, is that somebody that you're like, I'm going to make sure I go get? Or with his injury history, are you kind of like, I like him, but I'm not going to overpay because I know what kind of the red flags that come in his profile? I don't think that we're particularly good at projecting injury uh mm-hmm. as a as an industry and, and and just generally and so i will uh sometimes lean towards it i i have uh, faith in myself to find in-season uh innings mm-hmm. uh on the wire and so i'd rather pick the upside the one place that this has hurt me and honestly i'm 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 starting to like this last year i i uh, got six times my money back on nfbc so i did okay but Ooh. that was uh that's one of my best year uh it's like my second or third year playing and, and before that, I was having trouble with my bench because if you do buy too many injured guys and then you have Lance McCullers on your bench, you're like, I can't drop Lance McCullers. He's coming back, you know, and then you and then you got like four guys on your bench. You're like, I yeah. can't with that. <laughs> so I would say uh, I, I like Lance McCullers. I would go get Lance McCullers if I thought if I didn't pick like Chris Sale with my first pick. You know what I mean? Like if I had mm-hmm. a guy I thought was a little bit more solid, like if I went Woodruff first or something. Then I could go McCullers later or somebody that I just thought was like more rock solid um, injury wise. Then I would then I would feel better about taking McCullers later. Now, Cheesecake, you are an aged veteran of this group. So I figured this would be a good category for you. Who he just called this? you old. <laughs> he knows I do it all the time. He's used to it now. Uh, Cheesecake, who fits this profile for you? <clears throat> well, um, the young man, uh, Adam Wainwright, w- would uh, is, a, is a ground ball pitcher. I'm not going to go with him. I'm going to go with the new teammate of his, and that's Steven Matz, who um, who dropped six and a half percent on his barrel rate year wow. over year from uh, from 20 to 21. Of course, 20 was a funky season for him in New York, Toronto. He kind of got back to form. His barrel rate went back down right around his career norms. St. Louis is a good pay- place for him to pitch. His uh, his K rate of twenty two percent to walk rate six around six and a half percent. He's he's really maximizing his swinging strike rate with that twenty two percent K rate. It was around nine percent swinging strike rate. So that's that's two and a half times your swinging strike rate. That's kind of what you that's kind of like a solid projection, and that's pretty much what he got. Um, but you see that his his average EV was down. His max EV was down. His Woba was down and his ex-Woba was down from 20 to 21. He didn't go down to like some drastically below his career norms rate. So I think the fact that he's going to St. Louis, a place that 
is easier to pitch than Toronto and uh, in a division that's going to be easier to pitch. And I think Matt's is, is a real, real nice pickup. He's currently going around pick 312 in draft champions leagues, which I think is a nice bargain, especially a guy who got 150 innings last year. There were only about 50 pitchers who did that. Yeah, and I mean, again, going to the Cardinals where he's got one of the best defenses. Actually, it was, I think, rated out as the best defense behind him this year with that 46.3% ground ball percentage he had last year. Like you said, the decrease in barrel rate, which is going to hopefully, you know, make more balls, obviously, potentially go in the ground, too. So I, I very much like that call with Steven Matz. Don't know if I ever like rostering him on my team just because the amount of times that he blows up, it feels like every third or fourth oh, start. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's uh you're living you're you're working with fire there man i just exactly. you know i also just wonder if that was like a peak season but i mean all the other stuff you're talking about it, it all lines up i mean the defense the the division the park that's a tough one i uh I'll, I'll have some shares but i i better make sure they're gonna be cheap 300 is is a real it's nice a really pick. that's yeah. really cheap yeah. yeah as long as he doesn't get helium don't give him any helium yeah, yes. yeah. No one listens. To me. It's all right. It's all good. I'm pretty sure we recorded a pod one time where he he went like it was when Toronto and he had gone like three innings, eight earned runs or something like. You're like, oh, there goes my season. Yeah, right. You know my favorite thing about Stephen Matz. What's that? Right after I guess he spurns the Mets, Steve Cohen's like, "All right, I'm going to spend money," and then spends 246 million in the preceding 48 hours. Yeah, yeah that's actually it's pretty funny. Uh, all right, let's go to our next category here, and that's color. So you should underestimate the color of a beer as playing a role in its taste. Believe it or not, people often drink with their eyes first. I know I definitely do. And if a beer appears unappealing, you generally won't consume it. So here's some clues on some colors of craft beer and how they give in taste. So you got the pales and the lights, like the Belgian style, white blonde ales, all that types of stuff. It's kind of a bread-like and grainy. You got the ambers, of course. You got the browns, the blacks. I mean, more stuff than I ever really realized, honestly. But... I figure with the color, important things in color is style and flavor. And when I hear style and flavor, that's hip and young traits, something like that I am. So which young pitcher coming in this year <laughs> with one or fewer years of a major league experience do you think will bring style and flavor to their major league team this year, Eno? I, now I don't <laughs> like my answer. I was just like, okay, who's the young pitcher I really like that I want to put my name on, right? It works. I mean, that still fits. I just uh, style. I get okay. Listen, Tanner Houck. Uh, I, like I think he's the a righty Chris Sale, you know. And uh, the my stuff numbers love him. The command is pretty good. I think he can uh, get lefties out with the back foot slider. Um, style, yeah. I mean, I guess so. Why not? If he looks like Sale, Sale's kind of you know got a thing going on, and then it's also funky. It's a real like weird kind of almost sidearm release. So. Some style in there. You I think just, he starts I, like, I don't see him doing like a lot of K struts or anything. Yeah, that that that's a very important part that people aren't yeah. talking about. You got to have that when you go off the mound. I'm missing that. Who's got the K struts? Is it? Does Manoa do some of those? I don't remember seeing it too much from him. What about two of the Rays? Two young guys. Either of them do it? Not really. Baz maybe a little bit. There, there was a guy for the Dodgers that we don't talk about that did it. <laughs> yeah, but, that's right. He, had he, the did, he did the McGregor guy. strut. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He doesn't um, count as young anymore. That's true. That's there needs to. Why maybe is the young like, guys are you know don't want to do it yet? I I kind of would like that. That would pump me up as a team. Like if I saw a young pitcher coming in there mowing guys down and, and having confidence like that, that would be something I think that would get me fired up as a teammate. Mm-hmm. 
guess you don't I mean, count Amir Garrett as young, right? <laughs> no, I mean, yeah, he's, he's got the... I think I remember Manoa getting pretty fired up, actually. Well, you know, you're actually leading into my answer. There you go. Is Sorry. that his answer? Is that your answer, Marty? Yeah. So yeah. I'll hop into mine. So Alec Manoa. So he's 6'6", 260 pounds. Yeah. He's big. He's burly. He's a lumberjack dude. But actually, when you watch him, he's super athletic. You know, he's made a few um, plays off the mound where I'm just like, geez, how is he able to get over there? And two more things that I absolutely love that adds to his swag a little bit are, number one, a full sleeve of tattoos on the throwing arm. Yeah, that's that's that. yes. And for anyone who's actually watching this podcast, and if you've ever looked at, looked at Alec Manoa's um, forearm here, it's a Jesus Christ on you know crucifixion, but it leads, Jesus Christ's arm leads into his arm. <laughs> it's it really wild when you look at it. So, you know, when you get the chance and you're on Google. Um, isn't, it, isn't it somewhat against the rules? Like, does he have hey, to wear a shirt? I don't know. That's not my uh that's not my expertise. <laughs> they, they gotta let him have it out. I feel like that's what like makes you unique, makes you stand out. Yeah, he's a believer, you know. So um but yeah, so that's on there and so that's all enough to make him, you know, pretty awesome. And then he has that twenty-four karat gold chain that looks like I don't know if you remember like super ropes, those big things that you see people put around their necks. Yeah. Just, it's huge and gaudy. It's just, it's, it's just absolutely incredible. That's a good so he's got That's the, the big, uh, <laughs> he's got yeah. the, uh, he's got the total package and then to back it up. So, you know, um, I don't know if you saw earlier this year, but he's going against Baltimore and there was, they were going back and forth and uh, he actually threw at Mikel Franco, hit him in the back, got a five game suspension. Oh, that's right. He got yeah. in a whole deal with the Orioles. Yeah, as a rookie, I forgot about that too. And he yeah. was wasn't he yelling? Was he was he the pitcher that was yelling at the at the manager? Yeah, yeah. The manager was yelling at him. Arms up, and you know, I'm just like, dude, this, uh, is, this is the pick. This is yeah. the pick. So, and not to mention, he's good. You know, he went 92, right. 127 Ks, and one hundred eleven. Really you know, his uh, his advanced stats back up his ERA. You know, um, just yeah, he's. Yeah. I'm so excited for him next year. Well, that's a great pick, but I, yeah, I'm surprised you didn't go with one of your young Tiger studs. But they don't, I don't think Casey Mize or, or any of those guys, like Matt Manning, Rick Scoobal, they, they don't, they seem pretty like straight laced. Hey, you go take a look at him and Scoobal's stat cast page and you won't, you're not going to come back and say, yeah, he's my guy. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's another thing. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. very true. Well, you did forget about Luis Tough Garcia, Rock the Baby. One of them. Rock the Baby. That was, that's a phenomenon. I don't. I don't remember hearing about that until the playoffs, though. Was that something that was around? Like, at least it's, it's to me, it looks exactly like salsa dancing. I, I mean, I it's the whole that, back yeah. and forth. It just looks like salsa dancing. But yeah, rock the baby. That's fine. I just don't. You know, is that is that like swag or is that just like a funky rhythm? I guess it's like more like teetering. Either way, I guess you could yeah. say. Uh, we need more. Also, we need more Johnny Quaidos out there that are going to do like the. The half spin that are gonna go quick. I I, I love watching that. Uh, and I, I forget the Yankees pitcher at the top of my head. Um, what's his name? He came at the end of the very at the end of the year. Uh, had the mustache. Why can't I get his name? Oh, Cortez. Yes, no, yes, uh, Nestor Cortez. Nestor Cortez. Yes. yes, did the same thing. <laughs> That's I was also like, a good answer. <laughs> I, he's not young, I don't think, because it's taken him a long time to get here, but. Uh, yeah, if that's going to be, if you could define swag as just having like 8 million different types of, of deliveries, then Nesta Cortez <laughs> is the swaggiest. <laughs> when he had that monster game against the Orioles, I was like sold. I was like, oh you're on my, my team. Rest the, the mustache. Year. Yeah. No, that's a good pick too. Although I, I just wouldn't put my stamp on him fantasy wise. Yeah. <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> 
<laughs> he seems like he's getting the most out of very little. Yeah, he doesn't he doesn't throw too hard if I remember. Isn't he top out <laughs> around like ninety two, ninety three? And kind of all of his pitches are kind of similar. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, that was actually that was a lot more better answers than I thought. That <laughs> let's uh let's hope yeast can stand up to that. So yeast is the defining ingredient in craft beer, and the type of yeast used in the brewing process has a huge influence on the style of beer produced. It divides the beer into two categories: ales and lagers. So when you look into the ales and lagers, ales need to be fermented at warmer temperatures and lagers need to be fermented at cooler temperatures. So when I saw the temperature thing in there, stack cast. So cooler and warmer temperatures with the stack cast pages. So it's a two part question. Which picture with a hot stack cast page do you think might cool down this year? Which picture with a cool stack cast page do you think might warm up this year? So, you know, where are you leaning for this one? Uh, I mean, I, I, I focused on barrels. Mm-hmm. Um, so I kind of, I kind of did a similar thing to, to, two, but, uh, to your second question with McCuller, um, with McCullers, but, um, Gibson's, uh, barrel rate really improved this last year. And I'm not, I'm not sure it's sustainable. I don't, I don't think the stuff is there. I think he's kind of a guy, uh, that has, you know, like four okay pitches. And in some years, his command is good and he, he's good. And then the other years, his command is bad and he's bad. So I don't know. I kind of feel like a, a bad year is coming. <laughs> well, you know what's funny is I think this is the second time that, you, that Marty and you have the same answer. Isn't that who you were going with this one, Marty? No, I was saying I was actually looking into um, I was actually looking into Gibson, and yeah, I noticed that he started throwing. He introduced his cutter, and so now he's throwing that fifteen percent of the time, and so now he's actually expanded it to a five pitch. So it was a five pitches, <laughs> but it's still still about the same idea. It's like five okay yeah. pitches, you know. <laughs> but, but what caught my eye, you know, is his decreased uh, barrel percent. It's seven point two last year to uh, to four point nine. So yeah, and I just think I think four point nine is pretty low. I just I think he's going to yeah. be a guy who lives at like six, seven, eight. So and then uh, he's in Philly now, right? Yes, mm-hmm. so I'm pretty it's sure. not. It's I would say the Philly park, and then if they get NLDH, uh, yeah. I think he would rather have been back in Texas. Now, if I remember correctly, too, I think wasn't his cutter effective more? And it was never super effective, but it made him more effective as a pitcher because it was the only it gave him two pitches that went glove side, which mm-hmm. he didn't have before, which I think helped create some more deception to hitters. But then I feel like they caught up as the year went on because his numbers went drastically down. I think right around the halfway point of the season. If I, I just if I don't I don't see like a great out pitch. You know what I mean? Like it's like five OK pitches. Yeah, he. I'm a big Twins fan, so I just saw many years of mediocrity, and I, I was—I wouldn't buy it. I was never buying into it. I was like, "It's coming." It may just be longer this time, but it's coming. He's an average pitcher. He's a—he's a fours-ish ERA. I feel like number three, number four starter. Yeah, but some years it's like a four-four, and some years it's the three-seven, and mm. that's everything in fantasy, right? When he's a four-four, you're like, <laughs> when he's the three-seven, you're like, ah. Yeah, and he, he's never. I don't think he's ever had a double digit uh, K per nine in his career, if I'm not mistaken. I'm, yeah. I'm looking at it now, but he, it's not like he gives you that type of strikeout upside. You know, he had a 20.6 K percentage last year, which is below average to yeah. in, this, in this league. Yeah, give me no Kyle Gibson. That's a and we we talk about Stephen Matz being able to blow up at any time. That's same with Kyle Gibson. I feel like he blows up against the teams you expect him to do well against. Yeah. yeah, so you can't even play the, like, oh, I'll play him against these guys and not these guys. We went from talking about young and stylish pitchers to talking about Kyle Gibson. It's not a very smooth transition there. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go to the last 
one here, and that's special ingredients. So like any chef creating a recipe, craft brewers tend to experiment with different ingredients in their quest for developing the next great craft beer. So some are popular and paired with beer. Others are obviously very different. You might see coffee, fruit, chocolate, herbs and spices. So this one could be a fun question here. You know, what's a special ingredient that a pitcher you think could add to make them basically on the verge of a breakout? So they could add this ingredient to their arsenal to make them a legit breakout next year. My answer is Chris Paddock. And I would just be, give him another pitch, any pitch, another pitch. The the curveball like inched its way towards respectability. It's kind of average now, but in the process of doing that, he turfed his like fastball lost its ride. So like, I, I'm just asking him to like come next year and have a fastball with ride, that average curveball, and that changeup. If he can do those three things, he has really good command. The changeup is an out pitch. Uh, he'll pitch in some good stadiums. Uh, it's not the perfect, uh, you know, division. He'll have to pitch against the Dodgers and the Giants were hitting the ball pretty hard last year. But, you know, in general, I think if you just gave him three pitches that he could work with, uh, he would be a lot better. I think those like home run issues, third time through the order issues are all just, he doesn't, he doesn't trust his third pitch. It's been very interesting watching him come out as a rookie and the hype that he had around him. I'm sure many people had them in their top five in Dynasty at that point. They were like, this guy's Mm -hmm. a lock. And then he just has been falling off completely. Wasn't, if I'm not mistaken, also, wasn't he very stubborn as far as trying to incorporate another pitch? Or was that, I think, of somebody else? I mean, you know, he has a, he has like a a fairly, um, like his his father and his brother are like, you know, his advisors, let's say. And like, have to be considered when considering what he's getting coaching wise. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, you don't have to like they, they don't always they don't always see eye to eye. So like you, you know, if you're his coach, you have to somehow get his father and brother on board. <laughs> I, I you don't have to look too far on the same. That happens team. a lot, dude. You you know about yeah. Chris Bryant's dad? No. What what does his dad do? Well, his dad thinks he knows everything about hitting. He's got like a whole. I think his dad does like a like does like the hitting internet TV internet you know hitting guru type stuff. And are, are your Cubs? But, but Chris Bryant's dad like did create Chris yeah. Bryant's swing, so like you know he did create like a pretty good major league player. Yeah, that's that's like that person. Like okay, I know this is a football reference, but that's like Adam Gase when he's like, I got Peyton Manning and I coached him into a Super Bowl, so you should trust me with every single other like thing I'm doing. <laughs> it's like, if you got a uh, you got Chris Bryant, who's like... Yeah, you know, Archie Manning had nothing to do with that. Yeah. <laughs> Chris, Chris Bryant being 6'5", 230. Right, that's another, yeah. <laughs> that's another good point. That's another good point, He's like a pretty damn athletic player. And there's yeah. even people now uh, who, you know, are saying that, like, his swing won't age that well, and, like, that's part of why not to sign him, but... Yeah, that's what the Giants said. They said they were underwhelmed by his swing, which I thought was an interesting thing. Yeah. He, he has a strange follow through where on his swing, I don't think he gets the most out. I'm not a hitting guru, obviously, right. like his dad, but I, but every time you see him swing, he, he looks like it slows down on his follow through. Whereas, you know, the, the people who, who have the, the, the higher exit velocity. Stanton's swimming never slows down. Yeah, it never <laughs> slows down. Whereas Bryant makes contact and then all of a sudden it gets lazy in its follow through. And I don't that's know weird. if there's anything. I don't know if it has anything to do with it. I don't know if that's just... His barrel total. rates are, are not impressive. All right, we got to bring you over to uh, help him work with him as a hitting coach, you know? <laughs> yeah, Donnie Ecker couldn't, couldn't do it. I can't do it. This you know, I, 
We're talking about people that had great careers, great rookie seasons. Oh, I'm and not. I'm not. No, no, yeah. Chris Bryant is still a good player, you know. But not it like the MVP, good. not yeah. the MVP guy that he was his first yeah. full season. Oh, true. But it's a tough line to walk because, you know, these guys are these guys are all amazing at what they do. And like we're not trying to criticize right, you know, criticize them as people or whatever, but you know, we also have a fantasy league to win. <laughs> exactly. Yes. And uh it is also he's still not signed too, which it's interesting with everybody that's been signed. It is very curious that he hasn't. And he's you know, probably the like wrong. the last non shortstop, uh, you know, infielder left that's worth like, you know, a good deal. So it's yeah. kind of interesting. I mean, I would never have thought that Javi Baez would sign before him because yeah. Baez's plate approach, I think, is. Oh, sorry. Sorry, Martin. <laughs> he saw that. <laughs> sorry, Martin. No, you, I remember that you were talking about him being a five years fan earlier, too. It's just, you know. Um, well, just it's real six quick. Six years and 140, dude. <laughs> Woo! It was, of, you know, if we were to list them, you know, Seeger, Correa, he was he was on my I don't even want him list. Yeah, oh, so, okay, you know what I'm talking about. So, Marty, this time, I mean, you know. We out 30% of the time. Yes, we play fantasy. Know. We know that, like, guys with reach rates like that don't don't age well. We know that guys with strikeout rates like that don't age well. And it's true. You go into that park, you know, what I do like is his upside with stolen bases, at least for the first year. AJ Hintz has the team running, you know, um, mm-hmm. first time in a decade. So I do like that. Plus, from fantasy I mean, I think the first two years will be fine, but I think, yeah, I think you might find he's a below average major league player, like in the third Quickly. year. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mar- Marty, when I saw that contract, this is the first thing that came to my mind. No, oh. see that. <laughs> Uh, David David has his soundboard ready. It's, yeah, it's okay. over. Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, not- wait, a wait a second. I always got this guy ready too. <laughs> oh yes, there we go. <laughs> I stole got- I stole this from my kids pretty early on. <laughs> because first of all, the kids were running around doing it so much it got so annoying. I wanted to murder them. <laughs> and then second of all, it's a really good podcasting tool. <laughs> Have you used that on a show? I've only I've heard it yet. I've done it a couple of times. Usually it has something to do with Manfred. Okay. okay I <laughs> That's fantastic. Oh, he man. deserves the fuck. <laughs> oh, my gosh. You speak to my soul. Oh, yeah, <laughs> Cheesecake, I-, I wanted to make sure we got to you to finish this, this discussion out. Was there one person you wanted to add? I got two, and I'll be very quick. Nate Pearson, I'm going to give his special ingredients going to be health. Or mm-hmm. yeah, command or health. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. P- Pearson had sports hernia surgery about a month ago. Um, if he, if he can, uh, if he can put in a healthy season, they got right now Ross Stripling as their number five is currently penciled in. I think Pearson might be able to take that over, but also I, I have Cal Quantrill who I think mm-hmm. also needs, needs a better out pitch. Uh, just like, uh, just like Paddock. Um, he's really his third and fourth pitch. He uses both of them 10% or less. So he, he's kind of a two pitch pitcher. Although if you add up his third and fourth pitch, that's about 15, 16%, which is, which would make in, in total a third pitch. But I think if he, if he could get a little bit more out of that changeup, um, then, then, you know, Cleveland's magic with pitchers, Quantrill might be actually, might actually have something going. It's funny too, because he's probably on a lot of people's list for regression, right? And like not mm-hmm. being, like I've been selling him in auto new. I've been trying to sell him in auto new and nobody's biting. Like I've got a $3 Cal Quantrill. I'm like, come on, somebody. <laughs> and like everyone sees me coming a mile away. And they're like, nope. But he came up with that changeup. Like that, that's when he got drafted. It was for the changeup. Is that right? I yeah. didn't know that. 
He was supposed to have a really good changeup, and then he tried to develop the breaking balls, and the changeup went away. So it's not impossible that I end up that a lot of people end up with Cal Quantrill shares being like, whatever, nobody took him, and then he ends up being as good or better because Cleveland is really good at developing pitchers. And he's so, he's doing that thing where he doesn't really pitch in the zone. He's out of the zone more, much more than average, um, and nibbling, but it's working for him. And that seems, you know, that seems to be a good approach for him. And if he could, if he can get a little bit better moving, he doesn't. He's kind of below average on his movement with his pitches as well. Yeah. Um, if he can get, uh, if he can develop that change up a little bit, maybe possibly get a little bit more movement. To to, I think he could actually have an out pitch, increase that strikeout rate a little bit. I think Cleveland pitchers, I think Cleveland's really good at developing pitchers. It's a really good park for pitchers. I just think that like you can't buy a Cleveland pitcher at the top. Like mm-hmm. I think that was like Zach Plezak, right? You're like, oh, <laughs> oh you know. yeah. So like like maybe Cal Quantra will get so much pushback from the Plezak thing where people are like, ah, he's just another Plezak, where, you know, maybe he becomes like a decent deal at the bottom again. He's going pick two seventeen right now. Is that cheap enough, you think? Where who's he up again? Uh, in that area, you're you're talking. Oh, um, I had it right here. Um, Jordan Jordan Montgomery's in that area. Um, Noah Syndergaard's in that area. That, that, that's kind of that's kind of who we're yeah. Who we're going for. That's tasty. <laughs> yeah, I think he'll probably get some helium as we get if like if he's pitching and you know mm-hmm. you get some good health you know stuff from him. Thor will 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 jump out of that group. I think against Jordan Montgomery, I think that's uh, that's fine. I think those are I think they're very similar guys. And if you take Cal, you're like. It's a better park, you know, and neither one of them has amazing stuff. So it's like, you know, I, maybe I'll just take the guy who's in a better park. So if Cal Quantrill goes out there, his first start goes seven innings, two earned runs, nine Ks. Eno is going to be hitting up everybody's inbox like, you want I got now? a $3 Cal Quantrill. Yeah. <laughs> 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 oh, man. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you. If I have any Cal Quantrill, I'm, I'm definitely trying to see if I can get Get him off my team. I, I think you saw the second half of the year. I don't think that's sustainable. I mean, he was putting up just incredible numbers. I don't have them in front of me, but it was pretty, pretty fantastic. Man, I'll and, buy. I'm a, I'm a Cal Quantrill guy. Are you? Especially, especially if he gets traded. Like Jose Ramirez is in the last year of his deal with Cleveland. They're probably not going to re-sign him, and they're going to trade him, which I think signals like the overhaul. So, figure he might not get a lot of wins with Cleveland, but let's say a, a team like the Dodgers wants to acquire him on the cheap because their yeah. pitching is depleted. Then he goes to a more favorable situation. So, what if he goes to the Yankees at the same time? He would get yikes! Yeah. Oh my god, yeah. yikes! <laughs> I mean, it's, it's a catch twenty-two. You know, you got to take the gamble on that. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I might just stay away. Yeah, like kind of like you know, saying. Uh, but all right, let's go into the next part of the show here, and that's going to be our question of the week. <laughs> All right, I'll stop it there so we don't get copyrighted. Thank you All for right. having an appropriate one today, David. Yeah, you're welcome. All right, our question of the week is sponsored by Monkey Knife Fight. Triple Play Fantasy is an official affiliate to Monkey Knife Fight, the fastest-growing sports betting site in the United States. New depositors receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 using promo code Triple Play. All right, so now we're getting sandwiches in the picture here. So my first, this question is, if you were to create a sandwich for a player's name or nickname, Tell us what your sandwich would be. And then just so an example. So I'll start off with mine first, just in case people were at might have had trouble with, with coming up with it. So mine is a J roll. It's on a J roll for Jimmy Rollins. And it would have Pete Ham, Turkey Steams, Eddie Mayo, Eddie Mayo, a little salty, 
little salt on it, aka Jared Saltolamakia. And then I also like uh, sweetness with my sandwich, so put some Daryl strawberry on it, some Zero strawberries. And then give me a nice Seth beer. And then for dessert, give me some Cookie Carrasco and some Todd Coffee. Oh my God. <laughs> Well, so, I, I, I can't. That, that's my <laughs> ideal meal right there. You blew me out of the water. <laughs> that's I would love to have given that answer. That's really good. <laughs> <laughs> I wait too much time to think of that. Of oh, my answer. That for was that good. One. I uh, I just went with the Vladito, uh, and for me, that's like a little chicken guisado. Uh, it's a Dominican chicken recipe, mm-hmm. uh, but put it on um, some King's Hawaiian. Okay. Uh, and uh, maybe throws I like that th- those fried uh, those fried crispy fried onions. So you get Ooh, the soft yeah. bun. It's sweet. You get the crispy fried onions. Then you get the chicken in there, and uh, it'll be kind of like sliders, like vadito, like a like two little. You could have like two or three of them. You know. Have you made these before? Or is this just like random? No, it's just what I came up with. I think you have to make one of these one time. Well, I had to make guisado first, but I yeah, I could totally. I'm, I'm into it. The Vladitos, and then they now that I came up with it, I kind of yeah. want to make it. <laughs> I love that. That actually sounds really, really good. Hey, I, t- I put strawberries on a on a din- on a uh, sandwich before. I'd I'd make yours. I-, I think like that sweetness that like it's almost like that salty sweetness combination. That yeah, I like. love that too. Uh, <laughs> cheesecake. What's your pick? Well, the uh, the new offering in the in the Texas Rangers uh, Stadium Club is the Corey meal for Corey Seager, obviously. Okay. And each each letter of his first name stands for one of the ingredients of the meal. C is for cheddar. O, original Texas beef or old fashioned Texas. I couldn't <laughs> I couldn't figure it out. Original Texas beef. R, it's on rye bed bread, pan toasted rye bread. There you go. E, eggs on it. Get some nice runny fried eggs on the top. Oh, okay, I like that. And why? This is the side yam fries or sweet potato fries. That's <laughs> yam the curry fries. meal right there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was wondering what you're going to do with the why. Does it yeah, say how much it is? Yeah. Is, it, is, it, is, it, is it $340 million? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or I think you need to market this to the Texas, the Texas Rangers because that <laughs> needs to be a sandwich. Yeah, well, every Tex- so. in Texas has to be big, so it has to be like, you know, a pound and a half of original beef. <laughs> That's right. right. It could be the eating challenge at a restaurant. Yeah. Take take down the fries. Got to eat all the fries. Yeah. All right, Doc, what's your pick? All right, so, dude, I actually went your route. So, it's going to be a sandwich on Zach Wheat Bread. It's going to have some chili on it. So, for Chili Davis. Davis, baby. You're going to get noodles from Noodle Han. So, some stir fry noodles on there. I don't know and if I like the combination yet, though. And then, I, and then I had turkey steam. So, you know, with chili, you're getting some flavor. You're getting noodles kind of mixed in, which you get at Noodles is, and Company. Wait, who's turkey? Uh, turkey Steams, the one that David David did. Uh, and then, I, I, David, I... I've, is this like a 1920s player or something? It is, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you, you and I are too similar because my side is going to be a side of Todd Coffee with George Creamer. That's good. That's good. I, I don't know if that... I mean, noodles... Chili and turkey. That's just like a garbage. I would love it. I would love it. And Eno would try it. He already said he would. (laughs) I would. I'd be like, okay, I'll try it. I said I would. That's going to be better than you thought. (laughs) The garbage can sandwich by the Houston Astros. Kiss of anything. There you go. Good one. (laughs) I like that. Marty, what about yours? All right. Mine is the great Hambino. Emphasis on Hambino. So salty ham. Got to start there. Good salty ham. Creamy goat cheese. Spicy jam, there okay, you go. and a peppery arugula. 
Nice. Now I'd want that on a French baguette. Mm, I would eat that. I'd be happy about trying that one. That's a good combo. Great Hambino. You Mm -hmm. get when we did uh, the protein bars last week. What was yours again? (laughs) You guys do this. Oh, oh, yeah, the 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 Stantonian protein bar. Yeah, what was that? New York Yankee theme. Somehow, I just. What, what was in that again? You uh, peanut butter, chocolate, and um, I don't know. A side of injury. But no, but you, <laughs> side of injury. Cortisol. That's right. <laughs> some cortisol shots along with there. That's yeah. That's that's extra. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh man, that was yeah. I, I, yeah, I remember that one. That won that question of the week, but I couldn't remember what you said that won it. But that yeah, there's something like that. Um, <laughs> great answers all around. Now I'm really hungry. So yeah, before I go and eat dinner. Yeah, before we eat something from my fridge, let's get to the last segment of the night. It's going to be the game of the week. All right, game of the week. And sticking with the sandwich theme, this is a game called Player and Team Sandwich. Okay? So I figured the easiest way to do this is you guys to pull up the Twitter DMs, and then you guys are going to DM me your answer because then you guys just can't take Eno's answers. So that way everybody has to submit it. And then <laughs> that way I'll, everybody I'll know like, all right, this is my points you get. So you'll DM me your answer. Why not have basically, I think it's eight of them. Yeah, eight of them. So what it is, is I'm going to tell you a player and it's the player sandwich. You have to tell me the condiments. So basically you tell me the teams they played for. Okay. Mm. So uh, that's, that's pretty much what it is. So the example I'll give you to start off here is the Aroldis Chapman sandwich to start. It's a sandwich with three condiments. So there's three teams that he played for. You don't have to give me the right order. I just want the right teams. So you'll send me the three teams that he played for in the Aroldis Chapman. Oh, we're doing Aroldis Chapman right now? Yeah, we'll do that. That's the easy. It's only three teams. Yeah, that one's easy. Now, I will tell you each time I'm that really the condiments will go up by one. You made that one really easy. I'm very happy. I'm really <laughs> bad. No bad. way I'm winning this. No <laughs> Reds, way. Reds, Cubs. Unless I cheat. I mean, if you guys are okay with that. You're going to say what? <laughs> no. No, I want to say I want to. I want to. I'm going to post on Twitter if I win this one. I'm Eno today. Yeah. I'll just say I'm going to lose this game and then just blow us out of the water. But I'm going to win this one right. I will say. Uh, my computer is my brain, dude. <laughs> I will say. Eno, Doc, and Cheesecake, you are all on the board with a perfect three for three. Marty, when did he play for the Texas Rangers? I don't know. I couldn't think of the third one. Uh, I got the Reds. I got the Yanks. What's the third one? The Cubs. Oh, World Series Cubs, damn it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Marty, yeah. Yeah. So the easiest way to do this, you guys are going to keep track of your points individually because I'm not good with numbers. So uh, everybody. Oh, you're so, a PE teacher. Yeah, exactly. So uh, each of you have three. Marty has two. Moving on to the second one. Okay, right, number two. one point per. Yeah, one point per because otherwise I wouldn't be able to give you guys unless it was like whoever gets the most. That's easier. Is that easier to do it? Oh, one point per team. Oh, all right, I can do that. Okay, yeah. yeah so one point per team. Because you're doing some fancy, some fancy footwork. <laughs> do we have to keep our own floor? Yes, because I'm okay. not your mother. So I got a hundred. Thanks, host. All right. The next one is the U Darvish sandwich, and it's got four <laughs> condiments to it. Darvish sandwich, four condiments. Again, this should be a feel-good one for you. I know you guys can all get this one. Uh, the fourth one! <laughs> I mean, that's what I'm saying. Oh, what is it? 
Cheesecake, you are correct. Let me know how many more seconds I have. Oh, I, Eno. I got one wrong. I know that fourth one's wrong. Why am I not thinking of it? Oh, my God. The one he... Good. I, you can... I mean, I technically... No. The answer, no, but... I didn't get it. Okay. I, but I, I missed the... <laughs> God. <laughs> all right, so it's... Wait, 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 hold on, hold on. I'm gonna send mine. I'm gonna send mine. I'm gonna send mine. Yeah, come on, Eric. It doesn't take coaches all day. All right, I got three out of four. All right, I so the... I missed the one he's on. Oh, you know, <laughs> what? That was the one. <laughs> so the correct answers are the Rangers, the Dodgers, the Cubs, and the Padres. Oh, I got all those three right. <laughs> you said them in the right order too. It's the Angels Jesus at the end. Right. So oh Cheesecake, you were four for four. <laughs> Marty, you were four for four. And Doc, you were three. You got three of them. Oh my so, gosh! I I typed Dodgers back. I hate myself. What you got? Who didn't he play for the Astros? I don't know. I, that's what I was. I typed in Dodgers. I was like, no, I'm not confident. Yeah. You uh, Astros? <laughs> the yeah. next one. The one he's on. Guys, these are gonna get more difficult. Uh, yeah. We have the Gene Segura sandwich, and it's got five condiments mm. in it. Damn it! Are you kidding me? He's five teams. This is probably like he's one if you sat down for a second that you can think of them because they're at least I think most of them are pretty like well-known teams. Gene Segura. I got four, I think. I'm stuck after two. (laughs) (laughs) At least I got the one he's on. (laughs) You know what? At this point, it's just like I'm going to stack as many points as you can just to see how close we can make it at the end. I think Art right now you're blowing them out of the water. I think I'm up I'm up one. Oh, is that it? I'm up one, yeah. Or I think without I'm looking at the list that you sent, I think you got all of them correct. Okay. Cool. No, you did not. Okay, I thought I thought the last one was wrong. I sent mine in. All right, so about Gene Secure. Hold on, hold on. I sent in my two. Here are the ones that are going to be wrong. I know I have three right for sure. Good old Gene Segura, one of the most underrated players in the last yeah, few I didn't years. get those two right, did I? All right, so the correct answer. Four. Uh, the correct answer is well, there's five teams for him. Oh, good. I didn't even get the <laughs> The Angels, the Brewers. <gasps> I got the Angels. It's a total guess. That was where he was drafted by, and he played like a like less than a season with them. Angels, Brewers, Diamondbacks, Mariners, Phillies. Diamondbacks. I'm yeah. mad about. It. I got the Brewers. Yeah, they, yeah, they trade. They traded him to Seattle. Yeah, I, I, got, only, I got Mariners and Phillies and Angels. I made it. sure that he actually had to take at bats with the team. So any of these guys, if they were signed to like a minor league deal, but never actually uh-huh. took at bats, I never, I didn't count those teams. All right, all right. I'm at nine. Yeah, let's do a score update after three. Nine cheesecake. Eleven. Doc. Whoa, too soon, but I'm at nine also. Nine. Okay. All right. So All right. I'm not I'm not as far out as I thought I'd be. <laughs> the we we're staying with five and we're going with the Josh Donaldson sandwich. So it's got five teams, five condiments in this sandwich. Oh yeah, I got this one. He hates me. <laughs> what did he say? He's looking to you on Twitter. Oh, I say recently we've had a rapprochement. <laughs> we're good. We're good again. But he hated me for a really long time. The bringer of rain. <laughs> I 
I got all of these. Oh, I love. I think I got one. Wrong. I do too. I got one wrong. All right, I have parties. I got. Now. All right, I got all your guys' answers. So the correct answers are the A's, the Blue Jays, Cleveland, Atlanta, and Minnesota. <gasps> he never Cleveland. played for the Cubs. He got. Oh, did you say the Cubs? The White Sox. I knew it was an AL Central team. Oh no! He yeah. drafted by the Cubs. He was. Yeah, he was part I mean, of the. What I is the trade? The twins. I put cousins instead of twins. Who was the trade oh. they got? They traded for a pitcher. What was his name? You should to get that. They traded Donaldson for a pitcher. Yeah. Wait, so um, how many? I got four that round. So, I think it wasn't in the Samarja trade, was it? Uh, no, he was before was Samarja. Yeah. Um, what the heck was his name? He was a really good pitcher, and then he just got too injured. Right-handed pitcher for the A's. It was all right. The hey, Mulder, Art, can you tell me if you got for, uh, less than four? Molder for uh, I believe it says uh, Rich Harden. Oh yeah, Rich yeah, Harden. Oh, yeah, Rich Harden. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he had not taken any. Molder might have been that. a lefty. <laughs> <laughs> and wait, hold on. Is that? I think I remember this guy. Uh, is that Chad Godden? No, no, um, wait a second. Who's the other yeah. guy in the deal? Chad, Chad Godden. I remember that name. Oh God, that's a throwback. Okay, so I think you guys all got four that round. The next sandwich we go to, this is a very packed sandwich. This is the Edwin Encarnacion sandwich. Gosh, how many are on this one? This is a sandwich with a six condiments inside it. Damn, dude. I'm screwed. <laughs> We've got uh, just three sandwiches left. The Edwin Encarnacion six. I think the end of his career had some stuff I'm just not going to get. You said six, right? There's six teams he's taken major league at bats for. I apologize for the last three because I'm sure you guys are not going to like me when I read those names. That's what I'm saying. The end of his career was kind of something happened. My top out of five. That's pretty good. I have six, I'm, I'm, but they're, the last ones are just guesses. I got, I think I got five. All right, Art, just waiting on yours. Yeah, sorry. I'm coming... Coming right now. I think I might only got like three on this. Four on this. Oh, yes. We can come back. All right. The answers for the Edwin Carnassian sandwich. The Reds, the Blue Jays, Cleveland, Mariners, Yankees, and White Sox. Oh, I got, I got, I got four. All get, right. Five, baby. Four or five uh, keep you in the game. All right. Wait, or how many did you get? Four. Oh, yeah. I'm making up ground. Let's go. Say it again. It was four, right? What was, say it again. It was uh, Reds, the Blue Reds, Jays. Blue Jays, Cleveland, Mariners, Yankees, and White Sox. Okay. All right. Yeah, the next four. one. How much you get? Four. Four. All right. We're in there. All right. The Matt Joyce sandwich. Oh, God. <laughs> what? Oh, no. Thank you, David. The scrubbiest sandwich of all time. The Matt Joyce oh. sandwich has eight condiments. What? Oh, this, <laughs> yes, is just, this, is, this is where there's mayhem in the show. Yeah, I mean, this oh, is where if you man. pick up like three or four, you could just get yours oh, in there. Oh, man. Oh, my God. I, I, I think I've got four. There's eight? There's eight teams. Oh, and there's two man, other guys really that have, think more. I have four. And I tried no, to make I'm, sure these. Are, I tried to make sure these were all active players too, because there's obviously like tons from years and years ago. Gosh. I've interviewed him on like three of these teams. Oh, have you? <laughs> <laughs> like we we knew each other fairly well. Like I talked to him a fair amount. 
No, Toby, don't worry. If, if this, I've been playing this game, I would have literally been in last place. That's why I'm glad I'm hosting this one. Yeah, the, uh, my memory is also not great. Uh, <laughs> you said there's eight. I have five, and I'm topped out. Uh, I'm just going to throw some teams in here. That's what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Matt, good old Matt Joyce, who wow. earlier in his career was a very serviceable player. I felt just... I felt dirty sending that DM. You did? Yeah. Uh, you not like Matt Joyce or something? Uh, you know, it should have should have had a better career. Uh, I know that this is random. I just remember looking at his fantasy picture and just constantly having breakouts. Maybe he was just always stressed. Yeah, I don't. Let's see if he smiles more in his pictures. Uh, all right, so everybody has their answers submitted. The correct answer: Detroit, Tampa Bay, the Angels, Pittsburgh, Oakland, Atlanta, Miami, and the Philadelphia Phillies, where he played last year. Can you do that again? Yes. The and these are in order: Detroit, Tampa Bay, the Angels, Pittsburgh, Oakland, Atlanta, Miami, and Philadelphia. Got two. I'm I got five. Losing. You got five. All right, there yeah. we go. I'm gonna knock Doc out there. Marty got three. LC. I got six. You got six. Who got <laughs> six? LC. Uh, Cheesecake did. Oh, he wins. Gosh, you're such a nerd. All right, well, let's. Dang, that's pretty good, dude. What's, I uh, guess the Angels going into the last two? Mm-hmm. What's what's the uh, score update? Oh, we got more. All right, there's the last I got, two. I got a twenty-two. I got 20. 25. 20. All right. These are the last two on here. I'm, ro- I'm rooting for not last. <laughs> <laughs> I've moved on from winning. All right, guys. This is, uh, don't hate me on this next one. Tommy Malone sandwich. Oh, he's all over. <laughs> has nine condiments. Nine? Nine what? condiments. David, he's never going to come back on this I've show. I've got three. Oh I've got three. Nine. I, some of these guys, I was like, I had no idea they played for this many. I like, I thought he was a five or six team guy. Ooh, I got so there's four. nine. There's nine. Yeah, I've got four. And then we have I one more really guy after this. Five Come for on, all the marbles. I have, I have one right. Come now. on, Tommy Malone. I got, I, I got four. Oh, come man. on. All right. This is where you just start guessing. Yeah, I mean, with nine teams, it's pretty much a third, almost a third of of yeah. the teams in the league. At least you didn't. Please do not do Edwin Jackson. No, no. <laughs> oh my God, he's not, he's just, not active. He's not active. Yeah, Matt stares. Matt stares also. Yeah. Well, you know what's funny is I was like, if we have a tie, Edwin Jackson was my bonus question of who has who's played for the most teams in baseball history. Oh, I'm sorry. No, it's okay. I don't think we'll have a tie. <laughs> I don't think we'll have a tie. No. <laughs> oh my God. One, two, three, four, five, six. I got six. Three more. <sighs> All right. Malone, known as just the mop-up guy, comes in there and just uh, will give you uh, some innings if you need someone to, in a 10-to-1 ball game, just give you three innings to okay, one more. soak up some things. I decided uh, to pick all the teams that I don't really watch that much since I have no idea what teams he's been. <laughs> <laughs> that's, not a bad, that's not a bad idea. This is where All right, I'm I'm just sitting hit, hitting send here. I'm I'm confident about four of those. All right, so the answer for Tommy Malone in order: the Washington Nationals, Ugh. Oakland, 
Minnesota, Milwaukee, the Mets, Seattle, Atlanta, Baltimore, and Toronto. Mm, I got, I got, three. I, I, I got, I got the first three, and I felt really good, and then I got one the rest of the way. I was like, what if I nail all nine? <laughs> if you did that, you might have to win the game automatically. All right, last Can we do it one. one more time? Because I got five. I just want to make sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Washington, Oakland, uh-huh. Minnesota, Milwaukee, the Mets, Seattle, Atlanta, Baltimore, and Toronto. Yeah, I got five. All right. And Art, you said you got two? I got three. You got three? Oh, all right. Okay. Here we go. This is it for all the marbles. Oh, last God. one. Yeah, Marty, you're coming, Marty, you're coming in last. This is it. it. All right. The Tyler Clippard sandwich. Oh, <laughs> dastardly. <laughs> is a sandwich with 10 condiments. I was going to once, I was going to write a, a story about how his uh, pitching grip, because he taught everybody his split finger grip. And I was going to follow his split finger grip around uh, to all the people he taught. Oh really? Like the, I'm the Bugs Bunny changeup? <laughs> yeah, I was gonna contact Trace's splitter grip. <laughs> How many did you say it was? Ten. It's a ten total condiments. Oh, screw you! This is it for all the marbles. <laughs> ten. Oh, I'll man. probably start with Marty because, uh, as far as after we get these teams, because I think he'll finish on last. I think I, I think I actually sure. know three, but that's I'm guessing seven. <laughs> <laughs> He's literally played for a third of the teams in the in the major leagues. That's pretty. Oh nuts. man, I know. Ooh, actually, I knew another one. All right. Let's go. Five, third Lassen place, Dock. baby. Third place. That's all I want. I gotta guess three more. No, that's not right. Um... Tyler Clifford. Is he gonna make someone a hero? Or is he going to make someone hate him? Two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. I got nine. Tyler Clifford. Okay, this one's crazy, but maybe it's right. All right, I just, I, I just, I'm doing it. Sending it in. All right. If you remember, broke on the scene with one of these teams, and really, uh, really became the guy that became a few years of. I believe he was an All Star. A couple years, yes, he was a. Uh, Bugs Bunny changeup, one of his best pitches in the league at that time. All right, everybody got their answers in. Eno has the yep. resemblance of Michael Fabiano. Hmm. I think Eno is a lot more attractive. <laughs> All right, the answers for Tyler Clifford: the Yankees, the Nationals, the Oakland A's, the New York Mets, the Arizona Diamondbacks, the White Sox, the Astros, the Blue Jays. The Indians, or I guess the Guardians, and the Twins. I got seven. Wow. You got, I got seven? four. Uh, I can't believe I forgot he came in with the Yankees, man. That could do it one more time. Yes, the <laughs> Yankees, Nationals, A's, Mets, D-backs, White Sox, Astros, Blue Jays, Indians, and Twins. That's a seven. Now, I believe he also had a he has a second stint with the D-backs, but I only counted that as one team, obviously. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I only got A's, Nationals, Diamondbacks, and Twins. Cheesecake, how much you get? Seven. All right, final oh, well score. Done. Cheesecake wins. Marty, what'd you get? 28. 28. I didn't Doc. get last. <laughs> <laughs> Doc, what'd you get? 31. 31. Oh, I tied you. 31. Yeah! 
All right, Eno and Eric, what did you get? 30, cheesecake? 35. Nice. 35. Cheesecake with the victors get the spoils, which means you definitely get the crowd cheer. Nice job, Cheesecake. Well-deserved. Well done. Nice victory. On that note, you know, I want to thank you so much for coming on the show tonight. It was an absolute blast having you join us and a ton of fun for us. Yeah, no, uh, really unique setup for the for the show, and I enjoyed it. Thank you for having me. Of course, and again, for people that live in Under a Rock, please let them know where they can find you on Twitter, all the great stuff you do, where they can listen to you, all that good stuff. Uh, E-N-O-S-A-R-R-I-S on Twitter. Uh, talk about sandwiches, beer, fantasy, uh, pitching. Uh, the Athletic has a uh, 33% off deal right now. Uh, jump off of my recent piece uh, looking at Stroman, uh, Ray, and Gossman and seeing who will age the best, uh, and I'll get credit for it. And then last, uh, you don't have to pay for this one, Rates and Barrels. Uh, my podcast with DVR is uh, free. You can do it free uh, with ads uh, anywhere, Stitcher, YouTube, you know, it's out there, Apple. Uh, rates and barrels. So, no, yeah, thanks for having me on, dude. It is one of the best pods out there, if not the best. Again, you get so much information, you get humor, you get to talk about random stuff, which is always fun too. And even though I don't have, I'm like the opposite of the DVR voice. I appreciate all that work that he does as a host there. Oh man, so smooth. Yeah, he's man. Nobody in the business better than him at that. So, <laughs> uh, but yeah, make sure you check that out if you haven't listened, especially if you're an avid baseball fan and a fancy baseball listener. That's it's great stuff every single episode. But everybody that tunes into Triple Play each and every week, we appreciate you. Whether you watch the stream, you listen to the podcast, however you consume it, greatly appreciated. Next week, we're gonna join. Uh, be joined by another great guest. I don't know who yet, but you'll find out next week. Until then, enjoy the off-season content and make sure you stay safe. And we are going to make like a bread truck and we're going to haul these buns. Catch you guys in the next one.